Albert was uh, either thrown out of a car or hit by a car. He was found on the side of the road down in Cabot, Arkansas. Some really, really wonderful people thought that you know, he was worth taking a shot at. And we brought him up on one of those uh, pet carriers that come up with tons of animals from the south. 51 dogs, welcome to Rochester. They were brought here by the dog rescue organization, Freedom Ride Incorporated. This is a, an ongoing problem. I want y'all to understand the scope of it. The population here is, is 10 times the amount of animals elsewhere. Come here, buddy. My name is Monda Wooten. I'm from Trenton, Georgia. Here in the South, um, it's really sad. People drop dogs off here all the time. We just I've made been, a mistake. Been, right. And, and we know that you love the animals. It's not about that. Myself, I, I can't tell the difference in abuse and neglect. We have people here working really hard to change that landscape. And I know we've made progress. And I, and I hope and I, and I pray that, that I'm, I'm doing the most that I can and being the most effective that I can be in my community to make the biggest difference that, that I can make. Hey everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio. Uh, we just watched the documentary film called Free Puppies. It's by filmmaker Samantha Wishman and Christina Thomas. And it shines a spotlight on a grassroots network of dog rescuers out of Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee Valley, all that tri-county, uh, tri or I should say tri-state region, really. Uh, and these rescuers include Mondo Wooten, who's here, Ann Brown, and Ruth Smith. It's a true story about the heartbreak and heroism of dog rescue in America. It it is out now. Go, 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 go watch it. I uh, just got written about in uh, with a wonderful essay in the New York Times, but it's out now on all major platforms and DVD in the U.S. and Canada. In the U.S., you can see it in places like iTunes, Apple, Amazon, uh, Canada. Check out iTunes, Apple. And uh, we have filmmaker Samantha with us. How are you, Samantha? I'm great. Thank you for having us. Hey, great to have you on the show. And Wanda, thanks for joining us. Well, you're so welcome. Thanks for covering this. And uh, oh, you know, my the more awareness we can get out there, the more, the better it is. Yeah, I know. I feel like you should have a gavel in your hand when you go to those, you know, city meetings and get that. I was like, give me my dog shelter. I want my shelter. <laughs> no, actually, I have some good news about that. We're about to break, break ground on that. You know, we started the movie a few years ago. And so, uh, so there's been a lot of progress and this movie shed a lot of light. And so uh, we're, we're about to make, break ground. We have the, we've, uh, we've collected the money through SPLOS, which is a, a, a special purpose, local optional sales tax. And, uh, and we have the, uh, we have the place. So, so we're, uh, now we're working on the budget to run, to run it. So. Oh, that's awesome. That is great news. Uh, Samantha, tell us a little bit about what got you started into, hey, I've got to do this film. Um, you're, you've got a, pup, a rescue pup or two, right? Yeah, I was helping my mom adopt a dog and we found a little, he's a toy poodle mix, Shih Tzu mix, uh, and he came from Mississippi and he came up on a truck to Connecticut. And that was when I first started to really get interested in transport. I had no idea that it even was happening. I knew like Katrina and big hurricanes that there were dog rescues that would come up north, but 
I realized that this was ongoing and that millions of dogs had come up from the South. Um, and I wanted to know more uh, about it and why it was really happening. So the idea was to kind of kind of go in reverse from the arrival of the transport and go back to where they came from uh, to really understand what was happening so we could help uh, you know, the dogs that didn't get to make it out on rescue. So mm-hmm. that was when I got to meet Monda and follow her and all the work that she does. Yeah. Monda, tell us a little bit about what got you started. And suddenly, I mean, if we are an entrepreneur, you're you know, on the city commission, I mean, you've got all these things going, but it seems like you and, and the other ladies are just, you know, it's nonstop for you with these dogs. Well, it's as much as you want to do. And then there's always more to more to do. Uh, I told Sam the first time I talked to her, I said, are you sure you want to come here and do this? I said, it's like swimming in a, in a, a endless sea of misery. Uh, but there, there are some victories and you just have to celebrate those. But um, I, my, my son got me started uh, when I, he was like four years old. He wanted a, and now he's 30. He wanted a little black puppy and I'd never had a, a I never had a pet. And so uh, we, we went to a puppy mill to buy a puppy, you know, not knowing any better. And, uh, and when I got there, I noticed there was all these dogs, you know, in the crates and cages, and it just, it just didn't look good. It didn't feel good. Um, you know, the dogs were there basically just to reproduce. And, uh, you know, and then we got our little dog home and fell in love with it. And I kept thinking back about, you know, what I had seen. And, and then I started uh, having all this compassion for, for dogs. And, you know, I noticed them on the side of the road. I noticed them tied up, um, you know, chains, chained to trees and stuff. And so um, I just wanted to help them. And so so I did. And before I knew it, my whole life was dogs. And uh, and it's been that way for for years and years. And, you know, I've taken a break here and there because, I mean, you get so overwhelmed. I mean, you have to you have to Mm -hmm. set your boundaries because it can really it can take over. It can, t- mm-hmm. it can definitely take over. Yeah, caregivers always have to take care of themselves. You know, that is something otherwise can't be as strong. But I mean, you have this amazing network of women going out there and going in places that, you know, listen, we travel full time across the country in parks and lands and our GPS takes us to places where I'm like, oh, we're going to get shot. And those dogs, like they're, they're you know, they, you know, they're going to tell their, you know, their pet parents, hey, you can shoot them. <laughs> they're trespassing, you know what I mean? And yeah. so I think it's um, difficult what you're doing because I think there's a lot of people who care, but really it seems um, education is something that is necessary for the dogs. It's And that's a long-term thing that takes time. But do you feel that, Monda, when, when everything it's, you do about education? It's definitely education because, see, I can look back and I can remember when I was in that position. Um, before I had my little dog and fell in love with it, um, you know, I would drive down the road and I would, you know, we're in the rural South here and I would see dogs chained up and, you know, it just didn't, it didn't uh, register with me that that's horrible. Mm. And so, uh, so, you know, I went through that learning process as well. And, and what I, uh, what I want to do is, is work with people and try to uh, try to help them understand how horrible it is that a dog lives on the end of a chain. That's, that's, that's horrible. And, uh, you know, and, and unaltered dogs that that's horrible that a dog lives like that. And, and, you know, that some of them live on the end of chains and just has litter after litter, after litter, after litter. And, you know, we, we see a lot of really bad stuff here and, mm. 
and you know we can't fix it all but if we can if we can work on it um you know i tell people it's like a drug problem um we're never going to conquer uh the 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 whole drug problem we're never going to stamp out drugs completely i mean i you know I, and i think more people can relate to that because we've all known someone on drugs or or you know a family member a friend neighbor something and so we know it's there and we can never stamp it out completely but if we don't work on it continuously mm -hmm. then um then you know it'll conquer us right you know i think this is an important thing too in regards to um the education part is people do care and sam did you see that when you're out filming the story the human stories and the human element of this yeah absolutely we saw i think both of what you're both saying i mean most people really want to do well by their animals i think often they don't either know how or have the capacity to do it so some people for example who do want to spay and neuter their animals just don't have the money or the time, uh, the access to be able to bring a dog to a, a spay neuter clinic that is affordable to them. Uh, we went to um, the, a number of these small, they're low cost spay neuter clinics. They just do spay and neuter and they're, all, they're you know, $40, $50, which is much more affordable than a vet, which could be over 200. And they're booked out months. So they're are these large areas where you know it'll take hours to get a dog to a low-cost spay-neuter clinic, and um, they are overwhelmed with the demand. So there are so many people who, you know, either don't know what to do or they do know what to do, but it's still you know a challenge for them to be able to do it. So I, I mm. think it's very. I think there are instances of you know bad people all across the country. Sure. Just definitely not something specific to the South, but I think what is something that we saw is, you know, the resources um, being available for people um, is something that I think everyone's working on and something that Monda's working on right now with her nonprofit is focused mm -hmm. on spay neuter transport. Um, and I think the women are very clear that, you know, these are the ways that they can really make a long term impact mm -hmm. in their community. Yeah, I see a lot of um, dogs, these, these, you know, backyard breeders, and they do it for money, because it's something you yes. know to make money. And then, you showed really clearly in the film about how a lot of, whether it's, you know, not of being able to afford or spay, neuter, but there were, you know, female dogs that had been overbred that their uterus just shriveled up. Like, I mean, imagine being a human being and it's like here, just, you know, you're, you're in production. It's like being in, you know, in, in a, in a factory, you know, it's a baby making factory of puppies and it's. Yes, that's mean. exactly what it is. Yeah. And it is so sad. It, it it's horrific, and that's probably that's probably one of the hardest ones, hardest situations I I have to deal with because, you know, if if you if you talk to a person and and you can you can kind of make them understand about that dog on the chain or that dog continuously to have puppies and they're willing to accept help, but then when you run into a lot of these backyard breeders, um, it's all about the money. And they they don't want any help. They think you're crazy. Mm -hmm. And and then and you know and and it's we're at, we're here in the rural south, and and animals are considered uh, property, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And and we don't have the resources like there are some state laws, but we don't have the resources for like the animal control, the uh, the police officers. You know, the, in their mind, they have bigger fish to fry. 
you know, right. say, and I understand that. I, you know, I, I, you have to, you have to understand everybody involved and you have to just do the best that you can to keep from getting bitter because, because we fight that too. And especially mm-hmm. with these breeders, because they don't want help for the most part. They're not going to take help. I they're mean, the ones who will shoot you if you go down there. This is, their, this is their living and they don't care to yeah. tell you to get off their property to, you know, exactly. Uh, I, I, that's really disheartening because that's the ones you can't help. And and the animals are um, emotionally go through things, you know, the, and, and a lot of times the way they're breeding, um, the animals come out deformed are not healthy, but I know just as we pets it, I mean, this is not a money-making thing. This is just how we travel and it's cool because we get to hang with animals, but majority of the animals we care for, I'd say 90% are rescue. And those uh, dogs each one comes with baggage and issues and and it depends on how long they've been worked with with their pet parents I mean we've seen one dog that was kept in a crate a German shepherd for the first three years of her life and then we six months later she's in a home and she was free to run and but if you went to throw a stick she she would take your hand but it didn't she didn't mean to I mean but she had um they, they they made it her too and so she had puppies in this crate I mean, that's just like, it, it, it's insane. But these animals, just like human beings, have emotional trauma as well. And then we have to all work with them. So the pet parents have learning to go through and you have to get to the right trainer that cares and isn't it really, you know, so this is a, this cycle of what us humans do to each other. You know what I mean? it, it is. And when puppies are, or puppies, I say puppies or dogs, when they go to a shelter, that's very stressful. I mean, you wouldn't believe... Uh, most shelter dogs are owner surrender. It's it's very sad because people will take these dogs and they'll keep them. Uh, you know, I had a story this morning of a girl that had had a dog for nine years. She'd had it ever since it was a puppy. And then she just went and surrendered it and then went and bought a puppy. I know. And it's and it's like and this poor dog, you know, to a dog, uh, you are their world. Mm-hmm. You, they live at your house with you. Uh, you know, you may come and go and you have outside interest. You may be a part of, uh, you know, civic clubs. You may go to the movies, go to work. You know, you have outside interest. But to you, to that dog, you are their world. They're and, loyal. Yes. Oh. And and if you come in and you spend a few minutes with that dog, I, you know, I, I battle this with people all the time. They're like, I want to rehome my dog. I just I just don't feel that I have enough time for it, you know, and it deserves better. Well, let me tell you, that dog is more than happy to stay at home. They sleep 12 to 14 hours a day. They're more than happy to stay at home and wait on you to spend a few minutes with it, uh, to meet its needs with uh, with water and food, um, hopefully vet care if, if it gets sick. It's a much happier, healthier dog in that situation than it is in a shelter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, ladies, I appreciate your work so much. Uh, You know, this film, Everyone Free Puppies, again, is out on demand and DVD. Samantha, thank you, uh, both of you and Christina for doing this film. I really, you know, just as someone very connected to dogs and and know the other side of what they go through, appreciate it. And when we talk about this education, I think this really shines a light because I know it's not just in the South part of where you are, Monda, that this happens. This happens around the world. Um, We lived in Mexico and had to rescue dogs out of a landfill. And we worked with a vet to clean them up and train them. And then we snuck them over the border. (laughs) Good for you, good for you. (laughs) 
Good hey, we you. got a vet sign of approval. <laughs> I don't know how legal it was, but Sometimes we don't really you just care. gotta take take the matter into your own hands. You gotta do your thing. But um I think again this really shines a light and um and it's still very touching. So I want people to understand that. Um we're not here with a bunch of bad news. This this movie will move you and um and and you just go pet your dog. <laughs> but, it, but you know what I think this movie uh, it gives you hope and it inspires mm -hmm. you I've talked to people that said you know I just didn't one lady in particular she said I didn't even think about my dog being on the end of a chain she lives in Alabama well that's changed mm. so See, that's that's it bit by bit everyone will get it Samantha any closing words for you before we go I just want to thank you for having us we are so excited and um we you know talked to Monda early on when we started making this film and she just said, I want to your first question about education. I think just want people to see things that will change how they understand their relationship with their dogs and make, make it, you know, easy for them to make the, the right choice and to know what the right choice will be. So I'm just happy that it's getting out there and that like Monda said, people are are seeing things a little bit differently after watching the film. So you know what I, I would like to add, and cats too. Cats, yes, too. they just may not be my animal of choice, but uh, but I work with cats too, and and they're you know they're the same. Yeah. Oh man, and and uh, just all animals, you know, people do, and that's the thing. I think what the problem, and I'm really glad you did this before Christmas. Because how many people go and buy puppies and this becomes a huge thing. And some states like California banned pet shops, you know, which I thought was really great. Oh, uh, and only wonderful. doing rescue, you mm -hmm. know, so that's a huge part of it. And, and backyard breeding that legally, I think that's the other side of the coin is we as, you know, animals, animal lovers uh, should really huge le legislation to change some of these laws in county, state, city um, to not allow backyard breeding, not allowed um, traps uh, in wildlife refuges where dogs get stuck in, in them. It's just sorry, just like foxes and everything else. And also just to stop the pet shops unless they're selling food and toys and all the fun stuff. So just a say pet, a pet <laughs> is not a gift. Yes, a pet is a is a 15 year commitment. It is. it is. It's not. And a, a tortoise is more than your lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining us. Everyone again. It's called Free Puppies out now. Uh, look on Apple's Amazon iTunes uh, in the United States and Canada. And uh, of course, keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.